Welcome to the Make More, Keep More show, an irreverent but never irrelevant show dedicated to all things money. Hosted by Ron Carruthers and Dominic Cummins, two guys with 50 years of combined experience in sales and finance and a lifetime of talking nonsense. All right, we'll get the show officially started here. So, guys, for everybody that's never been on here before, this is the Make More, Keep More podcast. We talk about all things money-related. And um, Dominic's my co-host on this. He's run businesses worth hundreds of millions of dollars. I've done accounting for people making and run businesses that are seven- and eight-figure businesses. And then we've got today Irene Day on, who is the credit queen. And we met on Twitter I believe the very first time and uh, we're kind of, I won't go as far as friends, friends, but we like each other. I I think that's fair to say. And Irene is as smart as they come hustling hard with different businesses. So we thought we'd get her on to just chat about everything from business credit to how her businesses got launched to everything to go along with that. So Irene, welcome aboard. We're happy to have you. Hey, welcome. Thanks for having me. So tell us first a little bit, and I got to walk back over and get my coffee, but tell us first a little bit about what you, um, tell us about what your business actually is. I know you've got Hannah Financial, you've got the tax practice. Talk to us real quickly about what you do. Okay, so what do I do? Um, I own, hey, Lisa, Hannah Financial, financial services company. So we offer legal personal credit repair, emphasis on legal, licensed (laughs) and bonded. Um, (laughs) And tax preparation. So how did I get started? Um, I started Hannah Financial March of 2017. I was working at Save a Lot. Shout out to my Save a Lot crew. Uh, literally for 13 years. My last day at Save a Lot was my 13th year anniversary. And I've been a full-time uh, entrepreneur since then. That's yeah, awesome. and so... As far as your business goes, what made you make the jump from working at the first place with with Save-A-Lot and jumping into 2017 in your business? Um, So when I started my business, I had no intention on doing this full time. Like none. Like I I tell people all the time, like when I see people and they're like, oh, I can't work no job. I'm not meant to work no job. I just in my head just automatically assume that like you don't have any boss ass qualities either because everybody that I know that like ended up being a full-time entrepreneur like we stumbled into this space on accident like it was never it was never intentional um so my credit was was trash I started learning about like credit repair consumer law how the credit scores are actually built broken down um in like 2014 repaired my own credit my co-workers let me repair their credit so we all walking around save a lot with our our good credit score <laughs> um when i graduated college in 2016 i basically got snuffed out of an internal position that was like my job like my job to the point that like i had letters of recommendation from my boss my boss's boss and my boss's boss wow like and they ended up doing an internal investigation about who got the job. Like they they told the recruiter they specifically wanted an internal hire. They ended up hiring somebody from another, um, like from another place because it was his friend and his friend needed a job. So now you got fired because you can't follow directions. But y'all firing the HR rep did not give me a job. I'm still at store level with a bachelor's in organizational leadership and a minor in HR, slinging freight. Um, so I started having like real bad anxiety attacks at work. And I had one in the middle of June of 2017. And I literally like gave my store manager my keys and I told him that I would see him next week when I felt like coming to work. Okay. And was that it? There was no next week? I worked. Um, so Monday I put in my two weeks which ultimately ended up being a three week because two weeks would have been July 1st. And I'm like, I can't quit like this before the 4th of July (laughs) and my anniversary is coming up. So my district manager, um, he, he was like, I told us like, I really just want to work into my anniversary. 
and he let me work into my anniversary. And I walked out of Save a Lot July 7th, 2017, and I never looked back. Okay, and real quickly, what does Save a Lot do? I don't know that. Oh, it's a grocery store chain. Um, okay. Yeah, they, re okay. they recently went bankrupt, but when I was there, there was like 3,500 stores across the United States. Um, and I'm in Ohio, so Ohio at the time was the biggest, the biggest and the most profitable division in the company. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I don't think we have to save a lot out here on the West Coast. So, so. and and you're, do, Cleveland. you're in California, right? I we are. Yeah, yeah. Dominic's up in LA. I'm down in San Diego. Although I'm up in wine country right now, Northern oh, California. But. Yeah, it's, um, it was like three in like Southern Southern California. Got it. I only knew because they would like show up on like the company like, newsletters and stuff like that. Okay, so when you left. Mm -hmm. Then what made you go into taxes? Did you go into taxes first? Did you go into... Nope. So um, when I started, um, when I started handing financial, I was just doing credit repair. But I knew that I didn't want to only do credit repair, which is why, like, I didn't name it my company, like, Hannah's Credit Repair or something. Um, <laughs> Smart. Yeah, so my business, my credit repair business, honestly, probably didn't pick up until, like, late 2017. And okay. I had got introduced to somebody that, uh, like, she was doing taxes in Texas. And she, like, she put me on. Like, she, I paid her. She trained me, um, gave me tax software. So 2018 was the first year that we started offering tax preparation. Um, and then as I, like, my practice grew, I started learning more about taxation, tax law, et cetera, um, and like the different titles in the financial space and really started learning like the difference between accounting and tax preparation. Um, Which is huge. Absolutely huge. huge. Yeah. Had no idea. Um, yeah. And I tell people, you got to be a different type of crazy to work with people and money. And for some reason, I've always been that type of crazy. So that's why we get. That's why we get along, Irene. You know that, right? <laughs> Here we are. Can't relate. <laughs> well, Dominic works with people in marketing, and that kind of crazy. But that's why we like each other. So, um, Dominic, did you want to get a word in edge? Why I don't even think I'd let you say hi to everybody. No, you don't. That's okay. But the, you know, that's that's uh, that's what I get once in a while. You know, I get to speak once a, once a season, and I think it already passed on like episode one or two. <laughs> that's so. it. We got five more episodes for the season, and I'm not. You know what? If I could go over there and cut your mic, I would cut your mic right now and not let you say anything. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that. Stop interrupting. Makes me feel good. Um, hey, for those of you just joining us, by the way, we have Irene on of Hannah Financial, um, and they do tax preparation, financial literacy, credit repair, and how I got, I think I got one of your first courses on business credit, like mm -hmm. how to, which I had zero clue on. Mm -hmm. And it, it's kind of interesting because it goes to show how different people, like I know a lot about finance, I know a lot right. about retirement strategies and tax saving strategies and business strategies. I know absolutely nothing about business credit. And one of the things that I've sent people to you, just like, hey, you got to grab my friend's course. Like, I don't even have a link for it or a Gumroad thing. I'm like, just go grab it. That'll walk you through it because I don't know that piece of it. But um, tell us a little bit about, Dominic, did you have anything you wanted to do? Really, like all kidding aside, did you have something you wanted to ask? No, I mean, not, I'd love I've to get into, to, I think one of our, one of our top episodes, I don't remember what, I should have looked up what season it was, but like one, season two, maybe we had actually talked a little bit about credit and it was one of our most trafficked uh, episodes. So I think that talking about credit i was looking forward to this discussion um to talk about it like what are some tips about repairing and and things that you don't mind sharing and then yeah that whole business uh credit i fall firmly in that category like i see stuff periodically that's your business has a credit score but that is not something i know anything about or what to do with it and it's funny because you do occasionally you know buy a car under your business or or do other things and it's really a mystery to me where where we how the the credit comes about for the business so those are both awesome topics actually to talk about so yeah if if you don't mind irene tell us a little bit about the personal credit side of things first like 
what are your top tips? And we'll give, by the way, it's Irene Day. You guys should be able to see her here. If you guys want to reach out to her, Hannah Financial, please reach out to her. But um, in the meantime, what would be your top handful of tips for repairing personal credit? Um, one, really understanding what credit repair is. So like one of the things that is like a, it's like an advantage and a disadvantage of the internet is that you don't necessarily have to have any real skin in the game or experience to just sit in front of a camera and give people information. Right. Right. Um, and a lot of people that have been able to build like crazy followings with no real financial space education. Like I see. Is that my life? Oh, I'll see people giving like, no, you're good. You're good. Oh, I'll see people giving like, business credit advice or like tax advice that have never read up or did anything credit advice like credit or or tax related um right like i would never go to a cashier and listen to them talk to me about like medical stuff <laughs> like you have right. no, you have no experience or education here um and, and with that, I'll see a lot of people giving information that like, oh, there's a way to finesse the system. And it's like, so you didn't pay all of this money to this person for misinformation. And now you're in the same shitty position that you were in prior to you spending your money or wasting your time. Um, so I honestly feel like the most important thing to understand about credit repair is like what it actually is. So one, if you do go through the credit repair process and you do have success removing any items from your credit report, that does not mean you don't owe the debt anymore. Um, legally, you don't have to have any debts that you owe actually report on your credit report aside from federal student loans when they are first dispersed. That is the only thing that by law has to be reported to your credit reports. Um, so that's one. Two, the reason that credit repair is even a thing or the reason that you have the opportunity or the legal right to dispute items on your credit report is because everything on there has to be reporting hundred percent accurately and be hundred percent verifiable, right? Something that the FCRA, which is a fair credit reporting act, that's the law that tells us, Hey, you can actually dispute stuff. You have the right to have all of this information be accurate. Um, they tell us you have to dispute by mail. So if you are somebody you want to repair your credit, stop disputing online. Because the way that they process those disputes are not the same way that disputes that are mailed in through the post office are processed. Okay. Good to know. Um, three, just because something is negatively impacting your credit, does not mean that you should dispute it or that it's going to come off. Mm. Like a lot of times when we look at our credit reports, it's, it's through third party companies. It's not, we didn't, um, we didn't pull our reports directly from TransUnion. We didn't pull our reports directly from Experian. We didn't pull our reports directly from Equifax. So we're getting basically like third party information. There's 30 fields and each account that's on your credit report. You don't see those 30 fields when you use third-party credit monitoring. So how are you checking for errors and inaccuracies when you can't, you you have not seen or cannot read your full credit report? Okay, so wait, so let me break that down. So if you're gonna check your credit to look for stuff to repair, cool. you wanna get pull the actual TransUnion or Experian yep. or Expedia, um, not Expedia. <laughs> uh, which is the other one transunion experian and equifax, and equifax. Yep, <laughs> i'm gonna go get more coffee keep yeah. going um and credit repair takes time um most of us with un like who end up in a position with unfavorable credit that didn't happen overnight like we didn't just go to sleep with an 850 and wake up with a 550, right? right? The credit repair process, rebuilding your credit, that takes time. So if you are in a space where I don't want to pay for credit repair, or no, if you are in a space where you do want to pay for credit repair, 
a big red flag is anybody that is promising you quick results. Big red flag. Okay. I see it all the time. Um, also, and this, this is probably the most important part, removing items alone from your credit report is not going to increase your credit scores. Okay. So then what does? Building positive credit, um, doing positive things that are going to help your credit reports and help your credit score. Um, a lot of us are scared of credit. So we'll go through, I'll see people go through the credit repair process. You're getting deletions. Like, yeah, we're, we're cleaning up collection accounts. You have no open credit cards. Mm. There's no way for you to have good credit and no credit cards. The entire credit system is meant to gauge or grade how you use credit. Okay. So you can't be like, oh, I want to have good credit or I want to get these accounts deleted and see a score increase when I don't want to get a credit card. And that's literally 30% of my credit score. Okay. So it's not just removing the negative. It's also going, taking proactive steps to positively build credit. Building positive accounts, paying down the cards you have. Like if you do have open revolving accounts, why is your credit utilization at 90%? Yes, you're going to get deletions. No, you're not going to see the score increases that you want to see because your credit cards are maxed out. Okay. So step number one, get an accurate credit report directly from the um one of the main three agencies yeah do you recommend all three at once or do you recommend three. just one of that's all yeah, three at once okay because um as a creditor i don't have to report to all three credit bureaus if i don't want to okay. that's all I, sometimes um if you got a collection account from like a smaller collection agency that's why sometimes you'll see collection accounts only report on one or two credit bureaus and not all three because legally they don't have to any information okay. I report to your credit reports. I have to pay to report that information. Really? Mm-hmm. I did not know no, that. that okay, yep. that's interesting. Yep. Hmm. Any information. Oh, dang. Okay. So that's why some of the, you said some of the smaller ones are going to report to one or two, but maybe not to everybody. Yep. Okay, so pull all three. And then you also, just to summarize, We've got to remove anything that we can, but also build positive credit. And when you said it takes time, what is someone, what is someone looking at? It honestly varies person to person. And there's so much that goes into how long it's going to take to repair your credit. Have you tried to repair your credit previously? Were you previously disputing accounts online? Did you do anything like put fraud alerts on your credit reports? Um, how old are the accounts that you're trying to get removed? Like there's so many different variables that go into how long it would take for you to get the results that you want to see. Um, I don't like to give people timelines because what could have took us 60 days for this client might take us seven months for the next that client. Part. Yeah. Okay. So much stuff that goes into it. Okay. Um, what would be a ballpark though? Like, would it be if it, would it be fair to say like six months to a year, ninety days to eighteen months, like just some wild ballpark? Not, no, no. <laughs> yeah, nope. Because okay. I no. don't know. Why did my DMs? Says, I ran. You said it was going to take me sixty days. Yeah, I didn't. Ron did. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't say it. Dominic said it. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> I told you I want. I told you I wanted to cut his mic because he's the one getting us in trouble. <laughs> But yeah, it does no, sound like you, you're if you're if you're sitting here thinking, oh, I want to buy a house or I want to buy a car, or refinance or something. The second you have I that thought, six you, months prior. So like, it. if I know I want to buy a house next year, right? Say say I want to buy a house next summer. I would give myself at least six to nine months to start rebuilding my credit, repairing my credit before I go into the home buying process. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Um, is there anything else we should ask about personal credit or credit repair before we move over to the business side? You are not going to get business credit with shitty personal credit. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of the things, especially when the pandemic hit, 
and everybody started talking about business credit, typically business credit is used to scale your business. It's not used to start your business. Okay. Super okay. good to know. Business credit is used to scale. It's not used to start. A lot of people are pushing you like, hey, use business credit to start your business. And it's like, you weren't making money in your business prior to you starting. Like, why would you go and take out debt that your business cannot support to try to get it off the ground? Like the idea of bootstrapping, crowdfunding, like putting in a couple of extra hours at work and using that money to do what you want to do business-wise, like has become so foreign to people <laughs> when financially it does not make sense to just go and just take out a loan and try to start a business. Especially if you have no previous business experience. So it's like you have no blueprint, you have no real experience, no previous training or anything, and you want to just go and get $50,000 to try to start a business. But you then spend 40 of on office furniture and leases and stuff like that and a new car and all that stuff. Yeah, we one of the number one things that when I train people in, there's one business particularly that I train people in, which is late stage college planning. Like, how do you get money for that? And the number one thing I tell them is, this will be infinitely harder if this is your only gig. Like, if you quit your job and try to get this started, this will be 10 times harder than if you just try to work it in, do 10 hours a week, I'll have you out of that job in no time at all, but you'll be much more efficient with your time mm -hmm. and we'll get, and you'll have more of an, you, yeah, you're going to be tired. So what you'll be out soon enough, but if you have all day to do stuff done, nothing's going to get done. Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely interesting. Well, and okay. I so you and I had this conversation yesterday, Ron, we were talking, or I think it was yesterday or a couple of days ago, talking about getting ready for the show and stuff. And, and one of the things we said is that how many people actually make money without hard work. And it's, it's, this kind of falls under that category of like, there are people who inherit it. They, you know, they, they're, they're born well or marry well, and then they end up with money, but they're most, the vast majority of people got to put in the work to get the money out <laughs> of it and they don't want to. And then it's, it's one of those things too, where, um, and, and we've talked to people, we know people who are like, oh no, I'm going to go get crowdfunding. I'm going to go get this. And and you know not put in the actual work do the real thing and just try to get a shortcut and it very rarely works so it's just a, oh yeah sorry. irene i was telling i was telling dominic i got family hit me up for money you know i won't say fairly often but often enough and my number one thing is i'm working 60 to 70 hours a week to earn this money and i like to work i'm not complaining right but if you think you're not working you're gonna work 20 and ask me for money that ain't happening you come back to me when you're working as hard when when you're working as hard as me i am to earn it i'm damn sure not giving it to you when you're not working that hard like sorry that's really? not the way this works now you're working as hard as me and you can prove it to me and you need some help yeah no you're not going to starve i'm going to help you out so anyway yeah hard work what's all joe the, the internet really like made people feel like they don't have to work for what they want. And I hate it. <laughs> well, I, and, and, and it's so funny because all, a lot of the gurus, like there's no work and there's no, you know, like I just do one hour a day for my laptop. Those guys work 10 hours a day to sell that they're working one hour a day. Right. <laughs> like you got to hustle, man. Okay. So back to business credit, by the okay. way, just for those of you joining us, cause I can see people coming on and this is Irene day of Hannah financial. You can find her online. She does credit repair, has a fantastic business credit course that we're going to, we're going to get some ideas from her on right now. And then we are Ronk Brothers and Dominic Cummins of the Make More Keep More podcast. podcast. And um, you can find all our back episodes, including what you missed on this one. If you're joining late at makemorekeepmoreshow.com, it'll be up on Monday. So anyway, back to Irene of Hannah Financial. Um, so business credit can't get it without having decent personal credit. But now if you're trying to scale, because we've had several entrepreneurs on who are kind of in that weird area where their business is going, but they need to start to ramp up. How do the, um, and mermaids will get to you. How, what's next then? Get your personal credit in order. What comes after that? 
who do you bank with? Um, one of the business, actually, no, not who do you bank with? What type of funding or access to capital are you trying to gain? So like, are you trying to get financing for equipment? Are you trying to just get some open lines of credit, um, like to give you some flexibility? Are you trying to get hard money loans? Like understanding what you specifically are looking for when it comes to being able to scale your business or get capital for your business. One of the things I see people fuck up is they're like, oh, I just need some business credit. You need business credit to do what? <laughs> that's what's like, the answer? I don't yeah, know. That like, <laughs> and then they look at me, well, like, well, I don't know. Yeah. I do taxes. I run a service-based business. Like, I don't, I have business credit, but I don't, I don't need business credit to scale my business. Um, so if you're a product-based business or you got something else going on, like, I wouldn't know what you would need business credit for. Like, I don't run, I don't run your business. So a lot of times, like, we get caught up in the hype. Oh, I need business credit. Okay, what do you need it for? So start there. Figure out exactly what your goal is with your business credit. Because when you just, and I see it all the time, when you just you just get, oh, I got a business credit card with a $30,000 limit. I got a hard money loan with a 20% interest rate, but I don't have no real goal or intention with the money. Now you done ran up this credit card, you done spent this, this loan with this high interest rate, and you did what with it? So start there. Figure out exactly what it is that you want. Like, what it is that you want to do. So if we're looking at, I, I would venture that most of the people listening to this are going to want like an open line of credit, say for cash flow. You know, one, one of the, one of my clients right now is sitting on $300,000 a month, a monthly cash flow. <laughs> but he's like, Hey, we turn around and we get, Oh, Hey Mike, what's happening. Um, He's like, yeah, but sometimes we deal with federal agencies that don't pay us on for 60 or 90 days. So I'm trying to float, you know, $300,000. So, but maybe it's not even that dramatic, but let's say someone's dealing in cash flow issues. Mm -hmm. We're so open line of credit just to kind of keep the business running while they're waiting for stuff to come in. How would you start building that? So if they have the cash flow, they're good. Okay. Got the you got the you got decent decent personal credit. You have the cash flow. Any avenue, honestly, that they want to go when it comes to getting business credit or getting a business loan, they're going to be good. Um, you need assets, cash flow, credit. So you okay. got got the cash flow. You're going to be able to get the business credit in whichever avenue that you want to go. But I wouldn't even like seriously. I'm embarrassed mm -hmm. to admit this. I mean, I wouldn't even know where to go. Do I go down to my credit union? Do I go to... Yep. Whoever you do your business banking with, I will start there. Um, there are a lot of, especially now, like, business options, depending on what their annual revenue is, they may or may not be considered a small business. Um, okay. But if you are a small business, you can go to, like, Lindio. They do really good capital loans, um, rolling capital loans. Lindio. Okay. Yep. Uh, if you just want like some business credit cards, um, one of the upsides of business credit cards is they don't report to your personal credit. Okay. Until you get to being late and doing stuff <laughs> with your, your business They're credit. Going to tell everyone. <laughs> um, but business credit cards are great. So like. Two of my team members, I've, I've been able to add them as card holders. So if it is something that we need at the warehouse, at the warehouse, if it is something that we need at the office, I can tell them, hey, go get X, Y, and Z, put it on a business card. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't got to go through the whole, mm, I don't get paid until Friday and today, Thursday, so I don't really got it. It's like, girl, stop at the post office and pick up these hundred stamps and stop playing with me. Um yep. Yeah, so it, it gives you a lot of financial flexibility, but having cash flow, having the credit, like those are going to be absolute key for anything. Making sure that your business actually looks like a business on paper. What and I saw this a lot with 
when COVID hit, PPP, everybody was PPP popping. I saw a lot of people who had no business getting PPP loans, scamming the government, getting PPP loans. And then I saw a lot of people who are business owners, um, heavy emphasis on air quotes, who could not take advantage <laughs> of a lot of the funding. Uh, L-E-N-D-I-O. Oh, Money Nadu, what's happening, man? Hey, well, um, there's a lot of people that are have like have businesses. Oh, I do. I've been doing lashes in the lash studio for five years. I've been doing hair for 10 years. Whose business, they don't look like a business on paper. Like the, the people that are going to give you lending, like give you money, give you funding for your business. Like they don't care about the history of your business. Like they don't care that, oh, I had nobody to show me how to do stuff the right way. So I never got a business bank account. Um, they don't care that you never actually registered your business as a separate entity from yourself. They don't, they don't care about excuses. They just want to know, is your paperwork, is your, is, is your, is your house in order? Or are you just playing in the front yard? And a lot of us, when it comes to business, our houses are not in order. We just plan in the front yard, laying down the street. Tell me about it. What a and okay. Now Keep you going. can position where you can't take advantage of anything at all because your house not together. So make sure your business is an actual business entity outside of outside of you. Okay. I think there's an interesting now, mean, point here. Ahead, you uh, first. Yeah, the interesting thing around here, Irene, and I appreciate you bringing this up because Ron and I have talked about this a lot, a lot in the prior in prior shows of when you're starting your business. Mm -hmm. Just get things going, right? Don't Just worry about forming your LLC and your corporation. And, and you may not even need a business banking account right when you first start. But this tie, and I think what you're saying is, yeah, then you ne need to have the house no, in order at some point, right? So, yeah. And, and listen, as being somebody who, who prepares taxes, I have, as of today, today is November 3rd, 4th, 4th. I take the last part of my enrolled agent exam in two weeks all right i do a pretty high volume of taxes for small business owners no get you your loc you could go to ink authority they will file it for free literally the only fee that you have to pay is whatever the the state fee is wherever you're at and if you decide to have them do anything else you'll pay additionally for it inkauthority.com get your LLC, get you an EIN, go open you up a business bank account. One of the things that I see so often when it comes to small business owners, and when I say small business owners, I'm referring to anybody that's making less than $2 million in revenue. If you are doing less than $2 million in revenue, you are considered a small business. Co-mingling funds. Mm. It is a lot easier to keep your business money separate from the beginning than it is to separate your personal and business finances once you start to commingle funds. Yep. Sure. Like so much easier. Dog, what are you doing? What I think is a great <laughs> point though that you bring up, and I just want to reemphasize what you said earlier, though, is this the idea that this lending, business lending, isn't to start your business, it's to scale yeah. your business, right? Because your business, however you start it. And like you said, some of us fell, I mean, I've, I, to some degree, I fell into my business as well. And, and you, you, uh, you know, you just all of a sudden you're like, Oh man, I've got a business now, like a real one. Like people want to pay me money and, and get your house mm -hmm. in order, but you're not thinking about that. You're just trying to get your, get your money in. Whereas yep. the people who start to go like, no, can I get crowdfunding so I can start my business or can I go get loans from everybody? The house isn't in order. And so then you ultimately lead to more problems down the line. And I think this is where we get into things like we've talked about in the past, pay certainty test and sell your thing. Does it actually work? Does anybody even want your thing? Let's get some of that baseline established. But I love what you're talking about is, but at some point you've got to get the house in order. You have to get you things you got to get it clear, clean. Otherwise you're right. Bankers are not going to look at that and understand uh, your examples are funny. I mean, like somebody who's doing lashes, they're not going to understand that. They don't get that part of it. But if it's on paper, 
with a business bank account and they can see what money's flowing in and out, then all of a sudden it starts to click and be a little more real because like, oh you got a lash boutique. And when I tell you I know I know girls with like these lash boutiques, they are making money. Like oh uh, yeah. Making money. Oh yeah. They came to us and we're like, why is this money from your PayPal account going into your personal account? Stop doing it. <laughs> Like we'll, we'll we'll get you together, um, but it's it's very important to understand like why you need to get together. Like we had a uh, got a last week here. She just bought a house, and we had to tell her like this money just coming into this personal account. Get this out of here. This needs to go into your business account. So once she was able to get her house in order, I ran. I closed my house. Yes, of course she did. You see how that goes? You you get your house, you get your house shit together, you go buy another house, like <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like make sure you make sure your house is in order. Um I don't like to support the use business credit to start your business only because when I first started teaching about business credit, typically the people who were coming to me were new business owners who wanted business credit to be able to start their business. And then I saw what them getting business credit did to them financially. And it's like, yeah, no. It's like, Irene, it's like the guys who um, trade. And I've had a couple clients talk to me over the last uh, week or so that have lost substantial amounts of money trading options yep. and you know we're explaining to them the way the tax laws work which suck you know particularly if you have a good year and then a bad year because the government wants all the tax on the good year and then yep. in the bad year they let you take it three thousand at a time for the three thousand yep. dollars right off for right the up. rest of for mm -hmm. the rest of your time hey danita what about us what about dominic and i are we smart so um, and lovely CJP, you were a little bit late today. We we expect a doctor's note or a note from your mom. Um, but anyway, the worst thing that got them in trouble was they had one or two trades that went really well right in the beginning. And they're like, oh, this is easy. You know what? Now let me bet the farm on it. Mm -hmm. And we see guys, when they get a lot of business credit up for front, like the first thing they want to do is, you know, upgrade their car and get really fancy offices. Guys, I've been in business 32 years, 32. And we've had to, we've moved offices a couple of times, but right now I share office space with three other professionals because you know what? I pass that savings right along to my clients. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I like working with these other guys. We've got a corner of the office suite and um, yeah, if they leave, we'll get our own, no big deal. But it's like, I've got a lot of substantial clients, clients coming in worth millions of dollars. And I tell them right up front, Hey man, I share office space so I can help pass along to you to keep your fees low. I'm like, oh, dude, thanks. We no, we're not cheap. Inflation. What'd you say, Irene? Call it lifestyle inflation. That shit is real though. So let me tell y'all what happened to me. Um, sometimes it is necessary. Like, so I'm in Cleveland, Ohio, two one six, <laughs> gang gang, go Browns. By, by the way, but yeah, I absolutely loved watching go. the Browns beat up on the Bengals the other night. That was, yeah, that was just awesome. so good for my soul. I was at the game and my boyfriend does not um he does not like crowds. He does not watch sports. <laughs> Me, I'm a third year Brown season ticket holder. I'm going to every game. I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. I'm stressed yeah. out. So uh, Monday was Monday Night Football, and I convinced him to go. I'm like, oh, my damsel in distress. You're going to have me out here in downtown Cleveland at 8 o'clock in the evening? <laughs> like, you so, <laughs> so we went to the game. Um, it gave me so much joy being yeah, able no, it, to scream it for the Browns. It was awesome. Yeah, was your butt friend okay? Did you need to, did you need to get, was he all right afterwards? Or? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Hey, Mermaids is asked twice. We'll get back to the topic at hand. Do you help Canadians at all? Nope. I know nothing yeah. about, I mean, y'all tax laws. I know nothing about y'all consumer laws. I have no Same interest. Same here. I, I get asked that all the time, and I'm like, sorry, the minute you cross over that border, like, yeah. I have no idea what, what we're doing. I know they use the same credit bureaus, but 
as far as like their consumer laws, I'm not versed in their consumer laws, so I don't yeah. assist people um, that are not U.S. residents. So before we get back to uh, before before we totally get distracted, mm-hmm. going back to what you were about to talk before, I so rudely interrupted you about a glorious Cleveland Browns win. What were we talking about? Like, Dominic, do you remember? Yes, lifestyle inflation. So listen. Well, so this, one of you guys remembered. Okay, Irene, take, I, take it away. Cheap is not always better. Um, so I'm I'm give y'all give y'all give y'all a story. Um, the last so the office I had before this office, my office rent was three sixty a month. Three sixty a month. Decent little office. Like I didn't need much. Most of my employees work from home. Um, there's only like two or three of us that actually work in the Hannah Financial office. So I'm like, I'm good. Like, I don't need no crazy office space. COVID hit. The building was pressed to like try to make money. So they just start letting anybody move into the office. Like my office, like really decent to like the projects in a matter of six months. Yeah, that's not good. So I had to move. Um, Office rent high as hell now, but I love my office and I'm so much more productive there. So I feel like some stuff is definitely worth like. 100%. Yeah. And by the way, I'll clarify, my office is in one of the nicest buildings in town. It's a campus. We've got waterfalls and tables outside and trees. And they got like three people working on the building at all times. You know, if the light bulb's out, they're there in 10 minutes to fix it. My my office faces out like floor to ceiling glass. I mean, it's a nice, nice office in a nice part of town. And you're not going to feel, you know, people can come in the evening and not feel like they're going to have to worry about anything. Right. But we didn't go out. The point of that was I didn't go out the very first thing and buy the nicest office. Oh, yeah, now, no. when, I, when I first started mine, Irene, I was between, I was in a shared suite with a bankruptcy lady and a counselor for domestic violence so i had to move pretty quickly when my clients were sitting in the waiting room and they had a family on one side um you know crying because they're about to file bankruptcy and they had a wife or child beater on the other side that was like okay we got to get out of here but the point was not to do not to go crazy with your credit and then now your business has no revenue and you're in debt from it hey real quickly first like first couple of years like especially before you start generating revenue you definitely want to try to keep your overhead as low as possible um i didn't start with a three thousand square foot office like i started working like i started hand and financial in a spare bedroom in my house like I actually, I don't think I got an office until the following year. And the only reason I got that office was because we added tax prep. And I just felt like, oh, I need to have a storefront when I really didn't even need to have a storefront that year. Um, But I'm glad I did because I'm one of those people. I don't work. I don't do good work from home. Like I, I need to be able to put some pants and some shoes on and pack up my stuff and go to the office and sit there for 10 hours and just crank stuff out. Um, I'll work from home occasionally. Like, I'll be working from home today. But for the most part, like, especially during the season, I'm at the office six days a week, first quarter of the year. Yep. Yeah, I'm the same as you. I can I, I can work from home for an hour or two, but then I got to get out. I need yeah. a place to go. And I like to drive down because I can focus on, okay, I got to take care of this, this, this. I like to drive home because then I can you know, just kind of delete everything out of my brain and mm-hmm. some fresh air. And then I walk in the door and, you know, like the day's done. Yeah. Business credit. One or two other quick questions for you. Okay. You recommended business cards. What do you um, recommend? Like what are good business credit cards to get started with? What do you like for someone just starting out? This one. Chase Wait, Inc. Can you- can you uncover your numbers so we can see it? I got to go buy some wine. I'm going wine tasting today. And I just paid. I just paid this one off. Uh, oh, perfect. Yes, Chase Inc. Okay, Chase, Chase Inc. Inc. Yeah. Right. Any? Why do I like to Chase Inc? Um, 
you get a Chase Inc. card, they typically start with 0% APR for the okay. first year. Um, the credit limits that they start with are, are pretty decent. I like those. Um, I've banked with Chase for six years. And anytime I had like some crazy stuff financially going on like with my bank account, Chase get the job done. Okay. Very timely. So customer, I haven't had any issues with Chase. Um, I love the Chase Inc. card. And I like that I can see like all my bank accounts and my credit cards in one in one space. All right. And do you recommend, I think I know the answer to this, but do you recommend a bigger bank or a smaller bank to bank for your business? What do you, what would you recommend? I know you like Chase. Personally, honestly, I'm going to say big bank. Um, Only because credit wise, I can, I can, I can go any bank and make some shake. Right. Because my business revenue is strong. My personal credit is strong. My business credit is strong. Um, I also travel a lot. Okay. The worst thing ever is being stuck. Or not even stuck, but like being somewhere, like being in another state. And I can't find no bank. (laughs) Right. Yeah. If you are somebody... Like, you know, your, your credit kind of a little bit shaky. I would definitely start with somebody smaller because you're going to have more, more opportunities to like have your personal situation taken into consideration versus just being a number. I don't okay. mind because my numbers look good. Um, but if, if I wasn't in the financial space that I was when I started my business, I probably would have went with a smaller bank. Okay. Good to yeah. know. On your business credit course, one of the things you talked about was getting like trade lines open and things like that. Is that Mm -hmm. important for a revolving line of credit or is that more of a big deal if you want like equipment financing and things like that? Like where does that? Our financing, you definitely need some net net 30, net 60 accounts. Um, If you are just trying to get business credit cards, you don't need any of that. You just need to make sure your personal credit is where it needs to be. If you are in a position where you want to buy cars in your business name. One of the things that we see online, oh, get a car in your business name and then take the 179 deduction, da, 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 something that they're not selling you. You're not going to be able to take the 179 deduction this year moving forward. Um, another thing, you have to actually have that revenue in your business to be able to maximize that deduction. You can't go buy a $100,000 car and my business is only making $20,000 a year. Right. <laughs> um, also, we, had explain, we had explained that to a couple of clients this year. We're like, yeah, sorry, well, man. Like, <laughs> reason what? for $9,462, why it's important that people are not taking financial advice or information from people who are not ac- actual subject matter experts, mm-hmm. like who are not actually people actively working or who have actual experience in whatever it is that they're teaching or making content about. Um when it comes to car car financing, fleet financing, that's what we call it on the business credit side. That's when you want to purchase a car in your business name. If you have never purchased a car in your business name before, you're going to have to personally guarantee that car. Mm-hmm. So I tell people all the time, there is not a person walking the face of the earth that I would co-sign anything for. <laughs> no. Like I bought my mama a car, didn't co-sign it, paid for it. Bought my brother a car, paid for it. Like, I'm not co-signing for nothing. Nothing. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I'm not doing it. But I co-signed uh, the first car that I bought in my business name, I co-signed for. So now I have this auto loan history and my business credit profiles on my business credit reports. So anytime that I want to go and get another car in my business name, I don't have to co-sign for that car. Right. Straight out the Got gate. It. Yeah, straight out the gate. Something I never hear people talk about that push business credit. And this is why I say it's important to learn from somebody who's actually doing what you want to do and not somebody who's just creating content about what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Right. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to personally guarantee that first car. 
once you get that first car paid off, you get some some auto loan history under your business credit. Have fun. Now you now they can talk. Yeah, now we That's can talk. Advice. But no, you're not just walking into a dealership and you like, I want to get this car in my business name, and I'll have no previous car buying history under my business. You're not doing it. Good to know, Dominic. I want to talk to her a little bit about, uh, by the way, Renee, thank you so much for the kind words. Um, I want to talk to her a little bit about her financial literacy courses, but do you have any other questions about personal or business credit? No, I think we keep, keep it rolling. I like it. It's been awesome. All right. So I know. Yeah, we occasionally let Dominic talk, but not very often, Irene. <laughs> So, okay, back to you and I chatted about this. You've got some financial literacy courses coming out. Yeah. Tell me about those. And a financial university. Um, so it is a online learning platform. Like I have a, a mobile app built. And a financial nice. university in the app store. If y'all want to go look for a shameless plug. Um, basically one I'll be hosting one class a month based on something financial or, or business. So we are launching officially Black Friday. And the first nice. course that we are coming or that I'm, I'm doing is preparing for this upcoming tax season. So if you are an individual, you are a small business owner, I will be giving you a ton of information, answering a ton of questions that you guys have when it comes to what do you need to do to make sure that you are ready for this upcoming tax season. Um, and every month we're going to have a different course based on something in the financial and business space. So Ron will be hold, holding a course, preparing for retirement. Um, I have a lot of friends that are in the financial space who are subject matter experts, um, heavy on the experts because they have the education. They are doing the work. Like yeah, they are they're, doing. They're walking the walk, talking. Yeah, the like they're walking the, the talk, talk and walking the talk. Okay, he heavy on that. Um, I got some heavy hitters that are coming and teaching courses in Hannah Financial University. So yeah, love it. We're so we're gonna wrap in a few minutes here. But where do people find you? Where do you want them to find your business credit course or the credit repair or any of that? Um, so at Hannah Financial is two N's, two H's. That's our, like our social media handles across the board. Um, I post most of our business stuff though, honestly, on my personal pages. So this one at Irene Day, I-R-E-N-E-D-A-Y, um, on Instagram and on Facebook. If y'all do so happen to find me on Twitter, I just be on there talking a whole bunch of shit. I'm just like, y'all know. So. Yeah. I tell everyone, well, Irene, I tell everyone like I'm nice on Instagram. This is I, professional. Yeah. We curate the content. It's like the Oprah show. Everybody's nice and polite and we golf clap. Twitter's like the Jerry Springer show on Baby Daddy Day where everybody's yeah. golfing <laughs> chairs over but, each other. But it's every, but it's every day. Uh, so every now and then I'll drop some business gems on Twitter, but Twitter is like really where I just go like, you know, between class, oh, we might as we, we're skipping third block. Yep. <laughs> third block <laughs> is Twitter, okay? Yeah. So yeah. Twitter's fun. Look, man, I'm not going to lie. And I'm on Twitter's and actually I haven't been over there yet today because I don't know if you guys know this. Elon Musk locked out all the employees today. Out of their G Suite accounts. Yeah. Every single employee is locked out of Twitter headquarters. And I'm going to, I, I want to go over there and say some crazy stuff that I used to get flags for um, and see what happens. See what they <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Man. Okay, so so find you at Hannah Financial here mm -hmm. and on Facebook at Irene yep. Day. What are the for for just like new entrepreneurs? Mm -hmm. What would you say are your top three tips for them starting out? Like one, two, three. It can be anything. Tax your credit. business to look like a business on paper. So get your business registered with your secretary of state. You don't need to be a corporation fresh out the gate. By the way. Like, I see people, oh, I need to register as an escort because I saw this on YouTube. You ain't nope. even making money to put yourself on payroll yet. Why do you care about being an escort? 
you don't need to be a C Corp because you don't even know what the hell shareholders are. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's literally you and your dog. Go get yeah. an LLC. Okay. Start there. Your business needs to be a separate entity from yourself. Go okay. get a bank account. Okay. okay. And three, keep in your mind that you need to keep your business funds and your personal funds separate. That was my top three. All right. I love it. Dominic, you want to add anything to those? No, I love it. I love the idea that we, what we talked about earlier is just keep it small at first. Don't go get yourself an office. Like don't Listen, get a rent. It's a lot easier to grow, to scale up. Like, so when you build a house, right? Let's, let's put this. I'm, I love analogies to like make stuff make sense. When you build a house, you build a house from the ground up. Like you start with the foundation and you build up. You don't start with the whole house and then build down. So why would I go and start a S corp or go and start a C corp yep. and try to do all the stuff in the inside of the house? Like, no, I'm going to start with the foundation of the house and I'm going to build up. Once I get the house built, I might decide to throw a patio on the back. Like might put a hot tub back there, but That's I had to start with the foundation mm -hmm. and your foundation is going to be small. Your foundation is not going to be big. By the way, and I would give you guys one tip, which is learn marketing, because none of it matters if you don't have clients. None of you it. You know, read Dan Kennedy's stuff. Do you read Dan Kennedy at all, Irene? I have no idea who that is. Oh, my God. We're going to talk offline. <laughs> but Dan Kennedy is the guy behind the guy behind, like, five other guys and gals who teach marketing and stuff. Dan's the, okay. Dan's the original guy who did all that. He looks like a big, grumpy walrus. And um, he's the smartest guy I've ever met in business, Irene. You will you will love his stuff. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, I would say for all you guys on here, grab a Dan Kennedy book on marketing. Just the, the basic one is magnetic marketing. That would be my number one, get your business off the ground tip. So to recap real quickly, and either of you guys interrupt if I missed anything. We started the show, and if you guys missed the early part of the show, lovely CJP, um, I don't want to name names, but... Um, all the back episodes are at makemorekeepmoreshow.com. And um, you've got this episode will be up by Monday or Tuesday. Dominic's the one in charge of all that, by the way, and he does an amazing job. And we have intro music on that. So um, do. anyway, um, we talked about getting your personal credit in order and realizing that it doesn't happen overnight. Mm -mm. And be wary of anybody who promises you that it does. And again, if you want to know more about that, reach out to Irene. Number two is we talked about business credit. She agrees with us, which is don't go crazy. Don't get a ton of business credit. Don't get fancy offices. Go make some money. Scale up from there. We talked about Lendio as a great place for revolving lines of credit. Yep. And I think it was Inc. Authority. Who was the ones who? They're for free. Yep. Who was that again? Inc. Authority. Think Authority. Inc. I-N-C. Authority. I-N-C. Okay. Sorry. Um, perfect. And lovely CJP has seen the error of her ways. Um, we also talked about, let's see, Chase. Which which Chase card was the good one for business? Chase Inc. Notice yeah. a theme here. And then we talked about, what did we talk about? I think that kind of covers it. Big yeah. bank versus small bank. If your numbers are in order, big bank's great. If your numbers aren't. Um, Thanks, Boo. You, so, and by the way, um, I... I can't say your name, but yes, she is smart. That's why we had her on. So anyway, um, Dominic, Irene, any closing words? My, one of my favorite things you said today, uh, amongst all the amazing things you said today, Irene, but it was, again, the, the the lending is for scaling, not starting. I think that's just such a smart, smart piece. And it tells you like, hey, if if you can't afford it right now when you're starting, then you probably shouldn't do it, right? And just build the business up because at some point they're going to want to see that cash flow and cash flow with a huge rent payment or cash flow with all these debts, it's not going to exist and you're not going to get that lending. And Dominic was a banker. Mm -hmm. um, and so he knows whereof he speaks. I am re and a recovering Anisha, banker. I'm so sorry if I butchered your name. Go to makemorekeepmoreshow.com and then hit Irene Day's, um, I think on your Instagram page or Hannah Financial, you have a list to the different things you have yeah. there. Uh, I'm in the process of updating my links page right now brilliant um, and then black friday in a financial university drops um 
and I hear she has a very handsome, very debonair, very knowledgeable retirement expert going to be teaching some classes on that. Yes. <laughs> so, all right, guys, we're going to do it next week. Thank you so much, Irene, for joining us. We've got um, Josiah Novak, a fitness guy who is like in his 40s and insane shape, talking about not just scaling his business, but kind of some fitness tips for those of us that are on the wrong side of 30. So um, you guys will dig that. And then, um, Irene, anytime you want to come back or you got something to chat about, hit me up and we would love to have you back next season. Thank you. So, yeah, absolutely. All right. I appreciate take care, it. Take care, you guys. Thanks again for joining us, Irene. Thanks, Irene. Take care, Dominic. See you. Bye, y'all. Bye.